just myself, Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, Scott Lynn producing the show tonight. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll get our golf picks in for the weekend with Pam Maldonado. She's going to join us from Yahoo Sportsbook. But right now, we're going to continue to preview the NBA draft. Trista kind of got into her mock draft. The first nine picks, we'll get number 10 a little bit later on. Definitely stick around. Check out the podcast, BetMGM tonight. Like, subscribe, review, rate. As, uh, we've been talking about the NBA draft all week long, and now officially we are 24 hours away. I can't wait to talk about that and more. We welcome on now Jake Madison, host of Locked On Pelicans, not the Packers, Trista, and he's going to be uh, hosting a draft show tomorrow as well. Jake, I'm going to start off with uh, not the NBA draft. I'm a believer still in Zion, and I keep telling Trista, Zion needs a friend right now. He's only 22 years old. I think the ceiling's really high still if he could stay healthy. Any chance the Pelicans move him? Is he going to be on the roster uh, next October, next November when the season begins? There's a very realistic chance he won't be. And honestly, right now, I don't know which direction this is going to go, if he stays or not. But, you know, conversations have been had with the Portland Trailblazers about sending Zion there basically in exchange for Scoot Henderson. This is not about the third pick or just trading up. It's Scoot Henderson, a guy that New Orleans seems to be really sold on. And while there's a lot of talent there in Zion Williamson, this is a guy with MVP-level talent. And you need a guy like that to try and win an NBA title. 29 games the past two years has not been a great track record. There's questions about his maturity, what he does in the offseason. He's been in the news for all the wrong reasons the past couple of weeks here. I think New Orleans might be just a little bit fed up with him right now. Among other things, that's why these trade talks are happening. Yeah, really quickly, just want to say shout out to your Dior ones uh, in the background. If anyone's watching on Twitch, like one of the most fire sneakers of all time. So shout out to you for having that art. Um, I am curious, though, about the fit of Scoot Henderson and C.J. McCollum because Damian Lillard and C.J. just really, like, didn't work from a, like, defensive standpoint. I know Scoot's obviously a much better defender than Dame, but, like, does Scoot become the point guard and C.J. is a undersized two at 6'1", 6'2"? Like, how does that fit work and with New Orleans still wanting to remain a defensive, having a defensive identity? Yeah, you know... I don't know if they're as worried about fit if you're looking at this as being maybe a little bit of a reset for this team. If you look at the way they're going now, they're going to run into a salary cap problem in about two years, and we've heard reports that there's no way they keep the core of Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum beyond two years, and at that point, C.J. is the odd man out, and they're going to look to move him. So if you're kind of hitting a mini reset, maybe similar to what Oklahoma City did when they traded Paul George to the Clippers, you get a young player back, they got Shea Gilders-Alexander back, that you feel you can build around be competitive enough without being a title contending team that might be what new orleans is looking to do it alleviates that salary cap problem that you're going to run into in two years and then you just get a guy that you feel can be the franchise cornerstone and that you can believe in i still think they'd be competitive enough now that's not a team that you're looking at that would be you know the fourth seed in the western conference but scoot anderson cj mccollum brandon ingram can at least get you into the playing tournament maybe in as the seventh or eighth seed i think new orleans knowing they've kind of built a little bit more long-term in mind would be okay with something like that. And this team was good defensively last year. You know, Zion Williamson was more bought in than, we, than we've ever seen him before in the 29 games he played on that side of the ball. You have Brandon Ingram, who's improved defensively there. And with so many injuries that they had, they still were the sixth best defense this past season. So I think they view Willie Green's scheme as, you know, a, a model that you can just kind of sub guys in and they'll be okay. But when you're talking about kind of odd man out, yeah, it's CJ McCollum, but I don't think they're as worried about that next season as they would be, say, three years from now. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Going back to Zion, I just kind of want to get your perspective on why he doesn't have a relationship with his teammates and really hasn't had a great relationship with the team itself, specifically the front office. Is this like all a waterfall effect of the weirdness between him and David Griffin, in your opinion? Yeah, it goes back to his rookie season, and it goes back to the torn meniscus he had, and he just did not like how they brought him along very slowly. You know, the first game back he played, he hit four straight threes. The Smoothie King Center was like a college atmosphere at that point, and then they took him out of the game and wouldn't let him finish a close game in his pro debut. I think that's the type of thing that has just rubbed him the wrong way ever since, and it's a little bit on David Griffin, too, for not really being able to make a connection with Zion Williamson, but at the same point, I don't know if Zion Williamson wanted to have that kind of connection, that type of relationship with anyone on the team. I don't think it's right to say he has no relationship with people, but he's certainly not close with his teammates. He's not in their group text, you know, making jokes with them. He does not work out with them for the most part in the offseason when they do, you know, offseason activities away from the training facility. He just kind of does his own thing. Partially, I think that's because he's a superstar level player. You've got endorsements. You know, he was in Paris this last summer for Jordan Brand and different things so it keeps him kind of busy but you'd like him to make more of that effort and you know as much as we're talking about the Pelicans trying to trade him they're doing what they can they're restructuring the player performance and care team per Christian Clark and Ola.com reporting on that you know they had Aaron Nelson brought over from the Phoenix Suns that was a real big thing they did when David Griffin stepped in that's kind of a vaunted name in player care circles in the NBA and they're basically pushing him out the door because Zion Williamson doesn't like working with him that's a big concession I think to your star player trying to appease him but there's only so much you can do if he doesn't want to meet you halfway and maybe that's also why you know he's in the trade rumors here we know that Zion most likely would prefer to play in New York. Uh, if he was to go to Portland, how do you think he'd feel about that? You know, it depends on maybe how he feels about Damian Lillard. You know, and I think when the Pelicans are looking at this, they're, they're not too concerned. And this is where a deal might get derailed on this, right? You've got He's under team control for five more years. His extension kicks in. There's no player option at the end of that. You know, he doesn't really have a choice in the matter, I think. And if you're Portland, though, you're weighing that. Is he going to be happy playing here? Is all of the off-court stuff around him enough to kind of call off the deal or maybe make the Pelicans include more in this? So how do you value Zion Williamson and what his desires are if he does want to play in a bigger market? And I think that's where a deal might get derailed. There's going to be breaking points for both sides here, I think. And maybe the price for Scoot Henderson is too rich for the Pelicans and they walk away from it. Or maybe Damian Lillard, who's actively involved in this right looks at the maybe lack of professionalism we should say with Zion Williamson and Dame holds his guys and players on that team to a very high standard and if he doesn't think Zion Williamson's going to reach that everything could kind of fall apart from it so I don't know if Zion would love it I think a change of scenery is something he might like he did go to Portland to rehab the foot injury that kept him out all of last season with Nike's headquarters up there maybe that factors into it a little bit too but I don't really think it's up to him at this point we're talking right now with Jake Madison. You can give him a follow on Twitter. Nola Jake, also uh, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. Who do you think – so would you feel better heading into next season because the Pelicans are the team I bought stock in for the next five years, felt really good two years ago and when Zion was actually healthy. But do you like the fit better if Zion does come back? I mean, obviously it's a big if because he has to stay healthy. Or do you like the fit better just moving on, bringing in Scoot and kind of like restarting, but with a rookie guard now? 
you know, I think there's, there's arguments to be made on, on both sides, and I go back and forth on this. If, if you trade Zion tonight, tomorrow, you're a worse team next season than you would be otherwise. I think yeah. they view this team, and you can see it's talented. They were first in the Western Conference in December, and while you don't win an NBA championship in December, you don't get up there if you're a fluke team either. And Zion was putting up MVP numbers. He was putting up all-NBA numbers. You know, he was voted in as an all-star starter for a reason. This team has a pretty high ceiling when he he's healthy but the question is when is he going to be healthy and is this the season that he gets uh he puts it all together and that's a big question and i am worried about the upcoming salary cap crunch that they're going to be in the pelicans are one of two teams in nba history that has never paid the luxury tax and i don't know if they're going to do that so if you're kind of operating with that mindset in there it's better to reset your cap now clear cap space maybe use that to rent it out to teams trying to dump bad contracts in the future with the way the new CBA is coming into play. It's going to dismantle teams at the top after a couple of seasons. New Orleans could be in prime position to take advantage of it. So it's, do you want to win now and maybe go for broke, which is what you would do by keeping Zion, by keeping Brandon Ingram? Or do you kind of have to act like a small market and kind of play the long game? So there's pros and cons on both sides. You know, I think ultimately they'll be fine either way. They're going to be competitive eventually. Do they just want to do it sooner or later? How do you feel moving forward with Brandon Ingram? Because, I mean, I know he's 25 years old and Zion's 22, but I was actually kind of surprised to see that the Hornets would prefer Brandon Ingram, or uh, Zion, I should say, over Brandon Ingram. Yeah, you know, when you look at him, he's a good player. He's a very good player. But is he a top 30 guy? You know, he's never gotten votes for an all-NBA team. He's a one-time all-star and went in, I believe, as an injury replacement that year. And there's a little bit of a ceiling, I think, when you look at him. And look at what the Washington Wizards just went through with Bradley Beal and that contract that was kind of an albatross to the point where they got nothing back for him. You're going to have Brandon Ingram coming up for an extension, a new contract in two years, and that's right when that money skyrockets. And are you going to feel comfortable paying Brandon Ingram $65 million in a season? And I think that's something that gets a little bit scary. Part of that sticker shock, right? We're going to see those contracts get into that range, and that's just going to be how it goes with the new TV deals and things like that. I do wonder, though, if you can commit 30 35% of your salary cap to a guy that's not a top 30 player and doesn't, in my opinion, have that potential. And that's not a shot at him. He's very, very good. But also keep in mind, he's only played 60% of the Pelicans games the past two seasons. He missed 29 straight games this past year with a toe injury that was considered less severe than what Desmond Bain went through with the Memphis Grizzlies. That says something. And when both your star players just aren't out there and available consistently, it's really tough to build and it's really tough to win. And so that's why I also think you've heard maybe the Pelicans are happy, not happy, but willing to move on from him too. But at the same point, the locker room really likes him. You know, you see him at the NBA Finals with Herb Jones and head coach Willie Green. He's gone the past couple of years. He organizes the team workouts in the offseason. There's value to be had in that kind of guy who wants to be in a small market like New Orleans. But I feel just the team thinks we just can't keep going on like this. It's always something. And at a certain point, that just becomes unsustainable. And that's why they're kind of evaluating everything right now. So if the Pelicans do keep the 14th pick and can't get, say, a Scoot Henderson... Is yeah. there strategy then rim protection with a guy like Derek Lively? Um, and if if the, it is rim protection and he's not there, uh, what's the backup plan? 
Yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to be on their draft board. They definitely need a long-term center. They don't close games with Jonas Valanciunas. He's making $15 million. That money can be better spent elsewhere on the roster. He's a guy that could be traded. You know, maybe Derek Lively can come in. He can defend on the perimeter. I think that's a real big thing, too. The Pelicans like to switch defensively. I also think they need to add shooting. If you're going to keep Zion, if you're going to keep Brandon Ingram, you need more shooting around them. They're bringing in James Borrego, former head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, to add more of a motion-based offense. Maybe that means they look at a guy like Jordan Hawkins out of UConn, who's maybe the best movement shooter in the league. You can see him coming down off pin downs, catching the ball on the three-point line, launching it. They also need scoring off the bench. This was a bad half-court team. That could mean a guy like Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan, Keontae George out of Baylor. I think they're going to kind of target a perimeter player that's just kind of lightning in a bottle that can get you some buckets that also has three-point shooting. I also don't know if Lively's going to be there at 14. It sounds like he might go in the top 10, I think. Yeah, that's really interesting. If, in your opinion, what player falls out of the lottery that you think ends up being the most impact NBA player long-term? It's a good question. You know, I'm pretty big on Wallace out of Kentucky. He reminds me a lot of Drew Holiday, someone I watched here in New Orleans, you know, an all-defensive guy that defends bigger than he actually is. I've seen him kind of go all over the place in some of these mock drafts. I've seen him mock pretty high. I just don't feel he's actually going to do that. And you almost look at him a little bit like a Tyrese Maxey kind of player. He went in the 20s, I think, and has made an impact for the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, in a number of big games in the playoffs, too. And you look at those type of players that just really did it like that in college, and I feel pretty good about them. He's a guy that I could see making an impact if he doesn't end up going in the lottery. Oh, really quick, we got like 60 seconds. What do you think the ceiling is for a guy like Trey Murphy, who averaged 14 points per so game good. last year on 40% shooting from three-point range? Like, I'd, I'd be, I'm almost more excited for him than Brandon Ingram next year, to be honest with you. I think he's untouchable. I think he's untouchable for the New Orleans Pelicans. They were so high on him at that in that draft. They wanted to take him at 10, knew they couldn't do that, managed to get him at 17. He had 11 threes against Portland, 11 threes against the Los Angeles Clippers. A dude who's 6'10", he's still growing, that gives you that kind of shooting and that type of positional versatility. There's a pretty high ceiling for a player like that. Jake, thanks so much, man. You're the man. Enjoy Good the stuff, draft man. tomorrow night. Go Pelicans for the next five to six years, preferably. Thanks so much. Enjoy the draft tomorrow course thanks for having me on jake madison right there host of locked on pelicans give him a follow on twitter nola jake that was a really for a couple years now really insightful commentary from him on the pelicans